This is Biz, and if hosting One Bad Mother for over 10 years has taught me anything, it's that parenting is hard and nobody gives a shit. So belly up to the low bar, where fine is good enough and you'll never feel alone. This is One Bad Mother. But this week on One Bad Mother, will we ever believe we deserve it? I talk to author Julie Chavez about her new book, Everyone But Myself, about the importance of self-care. <laughs> Welcome! I'm only laughing because for 11 years, or tw- I don't know, however long the show is, self-care, self-care. And uh, we're going to get into the self-care, but I want everybody to know who you are first, so I'm going to tell them, and that is... Julie Chavez. She writes to explore the joys and impossibilities of mothering and modern womanhood. So she never stops writing. That was my own two cents. Her writing has been featured in the New York Post and Zibby Mag. And she is the author of this book that we are going to be talking about, Everyone But Myself, a memoir. Julie is also an elementary school librarian. So you know that I love her. She lives in sunny California. Welcome, 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 welcome again. Welcome. Thank you, friend. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Who lives in your house? Let's get this out of the way right now. I love it. Uh, The people that live in my house are my husband, Mm -hmm. Armando, Mondo in the book. Mm -hmm. And he is... Well, that's what we call him. Yeah. He's not just Mondo in the book. Not, <laughs> I, should, I should be clear. It's not that great uh, an alias or like a fake name. So, you know. 100%. Uh, so Mondo, my husband of, I was just thinking about this today. I can't remember how long we've been married. I think 22 years. Or maybe it'll be 22 this year. I feel like after like five like at toddler ages or baby ages i'm like it's over a year yes exactly well and you're exactly right because in the baby days right you count weeks and days and every minute until and then it's like wait and i have trouble my dad used to never be able to remember how old i was and now i can't do that with my younger son there are many times (laughs) where i'm like wait you're 14 yeah so and he's yeah so i live with mondo my husband um my son's who are 17, one just turned 17, and the other one is 14. And we do not have any pets Ah. because we're all allergic. And also (laughs) I'm far too much of a control freak for that. So I wasn't really great with the baby stage either. Like Mm. things that I have to care for that can't tell me what they need, it's a problem for me. So we don't have any pets. We do have some plants that I have managed to keep alive. So you know, I try for that. And as we already discussed today is uh, sheet washing day. And that's why I'm glad there's not video. Otherwise, everyone could see what we're working with here. But you know, hey, yeah. it's real life, right? right? You gotta, you have to wash the sheets. And we have yeah. to teach the children before they depart yes. into their lives. What is the expected level of hygiene? It is key. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, if it helps, whoever, whoever they may be attracted to and want to bring back to their dorm room, apartment, wherever they are, no one wants a stinky bed will be noticed. And it is a mood killer. You couldn't be more accurate. And I think that is, that will be uh, something I will definitely point out. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm saying that to your sons because your mom's about to like come and be like, I know stuff's gonna happen and don't do it on nasty sheets. And now, and now we've all ruined everything. 
Okay, that's okay. I know. I'll have to deliver. This is a message, guys, yeah. from Biz, yeah. not from not, Mom, yeah. because. Yeah, yeah, don't don't want to ruin your day. Yeah, they're at that age where there's God. definitely high cringe potential where it's like Love certain it. things I say and they're just like, I don't I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I don't but- want to talk to you. But isn't this isn't that the why? Like I know I'm I love my cringe conversations. Like those oh. are my it's it's like it's giving me purpose oh, yeah. uh, for where this we shine. whole making this choice with my life. So I've got to have my fun. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I would say where I excel at that is car dancing. Oh, when there's very a song good. where yeah. I really want to sing or dance nice. while I'm in the car, that that's really painful for them. Yeah. I mean, now one of them drives, so they don't drive with me as much, which they're very happy about. So. Well, you could always be in the car with them, with the window so down and being 100%. like, crank it. Yes. Turn it up. Turn it up. And <laughs> where's my sippy cup? That's yeah. what I need to do is ride in the back. And just make a series of yeah. demands, demands and be like bringing back when they were small. Yeah, that would Where actually my that would be thing. great training actually mm-hmm. for parenting, yes. right? Like if there were a series of like training courses besides how to hold the baby and how 100%. to like change a diaper and like the feeding, all those. There should be the now it's the driving. You get in a car and then there's like a grown man in the back seat like in a t-shirt and a diaper and that's it. And they're like, civic up truck, blah, 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 right. Or just screaming or just screaming. Yeah. Could yeah. just be screaming. Yeah. You just, I yeah. mean, that is a, that is a vision. And I believe that would be a very good instructional lesson. You're not wrong. I feel like that vision really is going to help us segue, <laughs> segue into <laughs> your new memoir, everyone but myself in which you know, uh, no spoilers, but you really are the poster child for when you do not put yourself first. And so before we get into this idea of self-care and really how does one actually make time and, and all of these things, share with us your what happened. I mean, listen, just FYI, everybody who's listening to the show, you know what happened because it's happening to like all, <laughs> to everybody, right? But like to different degrees. But uh, please, your, yours yes. went a little extreme. So let's do it. It did. Yeah. So this memoir is the story of a se- season of severe anxiety and depression that I experienced after I spent too long caring for everyone but myself, which is where the title comes mm-hmm. from. This is a story that I wanted to share because I know that it's not just mine. Yeah. Just exactly what you were saying, where this is something to varying extents that we all experience. And it comes, I think it comes more innocently than we might realize (laughs) because I know I love my kids and I love being part of their lives. And I joke about it, you know, making them cringe and all these things, but what a privilege to get to love these people and watch them grow. It is, it is truly miraculous. So, but what happens is we care so much about that and we have so much attentiveness and so much joy in it. And it's also challenging. And so it takes, it takes everything of us. It's this very human part of us that we're giving up and sharing with our people. But the problem is that sometimes we start to confuse the doing with the caring and the doing with, you know, what, 
what we owe not only to the kids, but really what do we owe to ourselves? So I think ultimately after going through this season, I realized that I have a list of people <laughs> in my mind that I love and care for, but my name has to be on there. Otherwise I am in danger of losing track of my own self and making sure that there's space for me in my life. So on that list, do you, I mean, are you, and I'm asking this in all sincerity, where do sure. you put yourself on the list? I mean, is I, I feel like it's an unrealistic demand at times to say, put yourself at the top because depending on how old the kids are in your house, depending on your job, depending on if you are sandwich generation, depending on all the different engagements that you have in your life with others, sometimes putting yourself at the top, really, I've yet to figure that I can maybe do it on a weekend, right? I can sometimes, like my list moves. Is that? Yes. Tell me, tell me about your list. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your list. Show me your list. Write it down. No, you're, well, the first thing is that you're exactly correct, that the list has to, it moves all the time. Every, the rankings aren't fixed. So I think in my mind, I had sort of accepted this idea that the most valuable thing I could be to my family was available. Mm. And so that necessitated a constant, like putting myself behind their needs. Now, I will say this, when your kids are young, when they're sick, when you have people that you're caring for, it is not always realistic for you to have some elaborate self-care ritual or, you know, you're not taking bubble baths when life is messy and hard. So that's the reality of it. But the question is, do I have time and space to pay attention to how I'm feeling? Because that was the real part that I was missing is that it's there, we talk about self-care a lot of times in the things that we're going to do, but that just adds more to your to-do list. And that can be stressful and frustrating. So more of a question though of, you know, if my kid comes home from school and he's upset, I'm gonna check in on that. How are you doing? What's feeling that way? Is there anything that could make you feel better? You know, I'm gonna do these things naturally, but I wasn't doing that for myself. I wasn't, I wasn't accounting for the effort I was putting in. I wasn't paying attention and thinking, wow, this is making me sad. And a big thing for me was Nolan at the time, my oldest, he was about to go to middle school. And that was creating all sorts of sort of stress and worry for me. And I wasn't acknowledging it. I just kept moving. I'm just gonna, you know, go through this to-do list and check everything off. And that will soothe what I'm worried about. And it wasn't until I was so depleted and so anxious that it really was debilitating that I had to start rebuilding. And I think so much of that came back around to, am I paying attention? So I think that's the part that is tricky because you know it is natural that in life, there are times where you're in crisis mode and you just have to get things done. But after that time has passed, are you making space for those things to metabolize? Because I think our feelings, the things that we go through, they need to be felt and experienced. And it's just, it's so easy to ignore our own needs. So that befriending of myself is really the basis of it. So it's less about, you know, who's in what position, whose needs come first. It's more, I'm adapting because every day changes too. 
right? And especially with kids, like you think you're doing one thing and then someone's puking in the other room and oh, there went your plans. Yeah. Oh yeah. There goes your therapy session. There goes your doctor's appointment. There goes your bubble bath, whatever, right? Like it, there goes work. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's why I've always struggled with the notion or concept of self-care from the moment of kid gets into your house, there's the, you know, just take a shower or I'm going to take the baby so you can have these two hours by yourself. And then you find yourself like in a corner freaking out because you've wasted the entire time not knowing what to do with the two hours, right? Like, and so, oh my gosh, and then it evolves. Get out of my head. (laughs) That is because this is literally, I think everybody's head on some level and you can replace you know, the factors may be different, the support or the lack of support, those things vary and change. But Mm -hmm. at its core, I think, and I do think this is true for those that are in the role of primary caregiver, mom, Mm -hmm. whatever. Yes. That it is truly a space where you're being given two very different messages. You can do it all. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you're supposed to love it while you're doing it. And this other message of you're also supposed to be taking care of yourself. And I, look, I, there are, there have been a lot of books, Julie, yes. you know it. Yes. You know it. I know it. We, we've all seen, there's like in whole sections. There are weekends. There are, you know, specials, whatever. I keep, I, everybody, I sent Teresa, the, one of my, the former co-host of the show. I recently was looking for a heating pad. And it was mainly mm. because I wanted my child who had, was having some like pain in their upper thighs to have some, a nice heating pad. Guys, the heating pad we had sucked. It was uncomfortable and made of like, I don't know, an uncomfortable. Anyway, so I start looking on Amazon and I can't stop cracking up that I would say 80% of the heating pads all had tags or were listed in the title, perfect gift for mom, girlfriend, wife, like pretty much every stereotypical character it might as well have been like nun you know tea whatever marm <laughs> witch right all of these different roles that women play this is the perfect valentine's gift it's the perfect birthday gift and it just was cracking me up and so i had oh reached out gosh. to Teresa saying i just want a fucking heating pad that isn't sexist like this is all i want yes yeah, and it was hard but like i say all of that because of this almost comical notion of what self-care is supposed to be and the message of how to give it to someone and mm-hmm. how to give it to yourself yes it's so and this is the problem because real self-care does not it's not something you can purchase and it's also oh i know julie yeah. i've tried purchasing a lot of things you for self-care looked, haven't we all yeah yeah my self-care blue jeans you name it i'm like <laughs> this will fix everything i will take it yes i'm just one purchase away from this from optimizing my life correct it's so true yeah. it is but it does leave us in this the performative yeah. self-care arena where it's like, yes. oh, well, I'm doing this. But as opposed to really 
I do think of it as checking in with myself and how do I, how do I bring it back to what I basically can pay attention to, but also what can I do less of? Because a lot of my self-care is what can I take off this list? Because there is an element of, like you said, you're supposed to do it all and you're supposed to look great doing it. Yeah. And you're supposed to have deep joy in the fact that, <laughs> you know, you get to fill out the physical form for yeah. the swim team, which takes two hours. Yeah. Like it just, it's, the minutia that we have in our lives are so complex now and so many things that we're just having all these demanding things. So at the end of the day, though, do I take time to say, okay, how am I feeling about this? And do I communicate? Because that was a lot mm. of my problem too, is that I I stopped saying when things were hard or annoying or stupid or, you know, just I wasn't sharing all that. And then you end up storing that and it has to, it has to be addressed. Well, okay. That's actually... When you say checking in on yeah. yourself, I'd mm -hmm. like to dive into that a little bit more. I think the idea of taking things off your list is a really, that's a great check-in, in my opinion. That is a mm -hmm. very, right now, in this moment, what can I just take off to make this day easier, better, less stressful? Mm -hmm. What are other ways that checking in looks like? I love that question because I think this is where, this is why this is a memoir and not a self-help yeah. book. And I'm finding that people are finding a lot of connection to it and they're finding things in their own life. But when I went back to work and that a lot of my mental health crisis was around that because yeah. I hadn't been working for 10 years. So then I go back to work in the library and I took 30 hours of work and I plopped it on top, top of, of everything I already did. Right. Yeah. And that was not a good idea. Spoiler <laughs> alert. That was a bad idea. Fair. So, That's no, just fair. so we're all clear yeah, on that. Good. So basically when I put all that on there, you know, when I went back to work, people said, oh, well, you're going to have to let some things slide. And I'm a natural perfectionist. I like to get things done. Yeah. I, I don't care about it looking great, but I just <laughs> care about doing everything well because I feel like that's what I owe my beautiful life. Yeah. So it really does come from this loving place inside me, but it, that doesn't, that doesn't mean it's good. It just, <laughs> it still can really tank you. So I think what I started to look at was, you know, people would say you have to let things slide, but the diff, the problem is that what's important to you is not what's important to me. Right. So there are things that give me deep joy to do for my kids. And I would say to you, why don't you do this? And you would think I'd rather chew glass yeah. than do that. I don't care. Right. Like, right. you know, certain things that bother me or that feel really like I care about, you know, I guess knowing kind of what my kids are doing. Do I help them set up their school schedules? No, I don't. That's not my area of expertise. So those kinds of little things where it's like, what are the markers that make me feel like I'm solid and happy in my relationships? Those are only things that I can determine for myself. And so I think checking in with myself means I'm looking at my list of things that I'm doing. I'm being honest about what feels life-giving, what feels necessary. There are certain things we have to do, whether we hate them or not. But under that layer, what feels good and life-giving for me? And then is there anything that I do just for the fun of it? Because mm. that is another thing is that we end up being these productivity machines. So I think, for example, when I went back to work finally after this time had passed, 
my boys make their own lunches. Yeah. I have friends who love to make lunches for their children and they cut the things into yeah. little shapes and they have little containers yeah. and it's all adorable. I hate it. Don't want any part of that. <laughs> no, you make your own peanut butter and jelly and go with God. Yeah. Like have a great day at school. So <laughs> I think that's, I think those sorts of things. But again, for someone else, that might actually be a really wonderful thing that they enjoy doing. So that's why having honest moments with yourself and saying, what do I like doing? And that goes to self-care too, because especially for women, you know, like getting your hair done, getting your, so much of that is how we show up in the world. And so that can be confusing. So having the moment to be honest with ourselves about what gives me life? What do I like? Because I think you spend a long time not doing that. And some of that's necessary because toddlers and babies and people need a lot or people are unwell. There's a lot of situations, but we don't ever want to lose that that connection to ourselves. Because I know this time that I talk about in the book is very much that. I wasn't listening to my own voice. And then when I needed to, I couldn't hear my own voice. And that was the worst. So I think those, the other thing for me about checking in is that my, what I've discovered is anxiety for me usually lays on top of a feeling. So when I am feeling anxious, that is almost always a signal that I am feeling an emotion that I am not letting rise. So Nolan just turned 17 and that was super emotional for me. And I was traveling the next day and I just felt myself getting kind of tight and wound up. And then I slowed down. I sat down on the ground. I'm a big fan of being on the floor. <laughs> and I sat down and I just started crying. And I thought, we only have one more birthday with with our family <laughs> looking just like this. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and that sort of, but that's such a tender thing for me. And I had to cry a little bit and let that let that pass. And then I can go on with the day. So I think so much of it, when I say check in, it, it really is just paying attention to myself like I would pay attention to a friend. If you walked in the room and you were crying or you looked upset, I would say, what's going on? And we would look at that. But do we do that for ourselves? Right. Well, so, okay. Now, look at this. This goes right into my next question. Of, uh, I love that you, you worded it. I wrote a memoir, not a self-help book. And sure. like you said, we all have different ideas of what takes priority, what doesn't, what do things look like. And on this show, we're very big into, we do not give advice. And sometimes people just Mm. want to rant. And so how, you know, let's just make the space for that. Mm -hmm. With that said, if I had been your friend during this, I mean, did you have people saying to you, what's going on? Or now that you have come to this current season, this current Mm -hmm. existence, and you see others, I'm sure people reach out all the time as a result of the book. How do we navigate caring for others and ourselves without it being like, you need to get into therapy right this minute, red flag, red flag, right? Like, because <laughs> I mean, it's so tricky. I think that that's such a good, it's such a good question. I think the thing that I've noticed, so the reason I talk about being connected to myself and understanding what I need in the book, when things started to get ugly for me, the first stop I made was at my gynecologist's office. Yeah. And a lot of that was because I had had very 
bad postpartum baby blues the first time around probably could have medicated but didn't and that's fine but i had gone to my gynecologist and she was such a rescuer she just understood what was happening she understood i was tired she understood i felt i was out of my depth and that wasn't a good feeling for me so she kind of rescued well so when i things started getting messy i went to uh again to my gynecologist thinking she's a woman she's gonna know what to do that was a very bad idea because she gave me what i consider direct advice which is she said you need to quit your job yeah day and she wrote me a permission slip for it which i really wish i still had it because it was such a bizarre experience and i would like to like frame it and be like oh look but here's the thing the reason that was a problem for me she gave me very direct advice and i wasn't sure what to do with it when you're when you're connected to your gut then you know that advice is for you not for me but when you're not then that creates a tremendous amount of doubt so I think I have learned in my 20s, I was a really bossy pain in the ass. So (laughs) I think everyone can agree with that, especially anyone who knew me at the time or my parents. (laughs) And I just, because I think it was, I just wanted to tell people what to do because I felt like, oh, well, I know what you should do and I'll be helpful and I'll tell you what to do. And now I'm very rarely give advice. And so there is this idea of, for therapy, even for me, it is just a space to process all of these feelings and emotions so when when a friend comes to me mostly i'm just listening and that's why this story is you know not help or self-help because if you and i sat down together and you said i'm having a hard time i would tell you this story because i do think stories can connect us and i think then you can take from the story what you need as opposed to me diagnosing what you've going on, have going on. So I think there is an element of, I would love it if everybody had a therapist and we all had all of those resources. Yes, and but that isn't the case, but there is a way in which we can, I think just be attentive to ourselves. And to answer your question, I was not talking to anyone about this. Mm. I just kept moving until I was so desperate that then I talked to everyone about it because I was beyond caring. (laughs) So it really was so extreme that I was just holding it together. And some of that is necessitated because, you know, sometimes when you're in a dark place, you're really just trying to white knuckle it to the next minute. And so I was doing some of that, but I think that was also such a reminder that we need connection in our lives and it can be a therapist it can be a friend it can be a family member but being able to say when things are hard is key so i wish i had better answers for that but yeah right (laughs) i I wish i could give advice about not giving advice advice yeah that would be be so so great perfect everybody love that for me that's going to be my book. Um, <laughs> here's advice on how to not give advice. Shut yes. up. Listen. You know what I tell the kids at school yeah. is you have two ears and one mouth, so yeah. you should listen twice as much as you talk. And yeah. that is even in those situations when you're tempted to like tell somebody what to do. I think the reminder too, as the older I get, the more I realize we're all just ready in our own time. So even somebody, I could give you the perfect advice today. And if you're not there then it doesn't it doesn't matter and that's why i think we give each other such a good gift when we listen well and i think it's a good gift 
to check in. I mean, I, th- I love this idea of just checking in because it's a very doable act. Yes. And, uh, you know, how am I feeling? What do I need? Is it just 10 seconds of breathing, right? Like, what do I have space for? Can I write it down somewhere? Because uh, like you said, and, and as we all know, it can be so overwhelming that it mm-hmm. becomes a weight that is physically weighing you down. Absolutely. And I think you're exactly right. How do I, how do I release some of the pressure? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wrote, I've started doing, uh, so obviously promoting a book was kind of a lot, you I know, and say. I really, a person who wrote <laughs> a book about doing too much really probably yeah. shouldn't have published a book about doing too much, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. It's fine. <laughs> it's all fine. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> so, but I started, I took this tip from Emily Lay. She has the Simplified Life Planners. And I think mm-hmm. I've owned two and probably filled in about five pages. Five combined. pages. Yeah, yeah, which shows yeah. how good I am with the planners. But he had a suggestion when you're feeling overwhelmed to write down everything on one big list. Mm-hmm. So work, life, you know, combine it all. But the other thing you need to do is you want to go back and look at that. And other people should have eyes on that. If you have people in your household. Yeah. You know, there is an element of that. Like Mondo, for the first time the other day, I said, I need you to order kitchen towels because I have a thing about things that smell. I'm like a bloodhound since having children. I don't know if you experienced this too. I already had a nose. And so mine is already like, sometimes I'll pick up whatever Stefan's Mm -hmm. using and I'll smell it and I'll be like, how can this touch what we eat on? Like this is- One million percent. Yes. Yes. I will pick up a towel and if there's even the slightest hint yeah. of anything, anything, I throw it directly into the trash. Yeah. I just cannot live <laughs> I know. any other way. <laughs> and so I knew we needed new kitchen towels because I've thrown away a lot oh, in the last yeah. few weeks. And so, but I said to Mondo, I'm like, I just, I just need you to do this. I mean, it's, you know, click, click, click on the yeah. internet, but I still, I said, yeah. here's the password, please do this. And I don't care. You can order pink ones for all I care. It doesn't matter to me. So I think that's the other thing is letting go and really trying for that support. I mean, and I do it with the boys too, where it's like, I, I am overwhelmed. Look at this list with me. What could you do on here? And then letting go of that. That's genius. See, now that's a little piece of advice that while it's an idea that works for you, it is also genius, which is how we should word it. Something I do is this. Yes, yes. And I don't have to like see if you like it, but I'm telling you that's We used to say on the show, instead of a to-do list, make a I did it list, right? Where you just list everything you've done and like... And none of it's what's on your to-do list, but it's right. it helps you see why you're not getting your to-do list done. Yes. And I think having the full list of things that overwhelm you and then show it. And I think I could show it to my 10-year-old or absolutely even showing it to younger kids in a way that allows them to feel empowered to help you and help yep. the house is that's so genius. It's so genius. <laughs> genius. It is tremendously helpful. When she said it, I thought, okay, I think I'm going to try this. And yeah, setting yeah. it out, like it, it has been a huge, a huge <laughs> changer too, because once you have it all written out, it's like, okay, this is now this is actionable and it doesn't have to just be actionable 
for you. And I think to your point, sharing it with younger kids is so helpful because that's the other thing is that we don't need to make everyone's lives super smooth and ruin our own. Like, but that is kind of this thing, right? Where it's like, I know that was the model I was handed down. It's not like I saw my mom resting a lot and things just worked, but you don't think about, oh, somebody went to the grocery store. And so for the kids to know, hey, this is what I think about in a day, which then when they're older also leads into the, which is why when your plans change, I want to go a little bit postal. So there you go. No, I think it's helpful. I remember, well, I don't remember. Katie Bell, my oldest, has anxiety around they can get very overwhelmed with school stuff or feeling like they've missed out on a thing. And so on the days where they have suddenly feel like they've got all of this homework and there's the Mm -hmm. tears and there's the, "Ah!" it's definitely something I can do with my kid. I don't do it for myself, but write down all the homework and when they're due. And now let's look at this together. You can do this tonight, this tomorrow, you know, set a timer, get what you can get done and then walk away from it. I... I just love it. And I also love the idea of like how you share the list with Mm. the people in your family. Like for me, I'm imagining like it's stuck to the table or a wall with like a knife, right? Like here's my, or like a bow and arrow. It just, it flies in and just gets like right into the wall with your arrow or like a smoke bomb. And I love this visual. The, yes. Yeah. It clears and the list is there. Yes. It's just taped to the inside of the toilet lid. I mean, I, I really feel like there are multiple ways to do this that might actually also help release a little, little tension. Without a doubt. Because the tension yeah. release is part of it, right? You, you yeah. really do have to. Yes. Yeah, I just really want to see uh, like Instagram posts of people putting their lists up places. The knife. (laughs) There you go, everyone. It's going to be amazing. Yes. That is amazing. Very exciting. Oh my God, Julie, I love you. And I (laughs) am totally mutual. Sorry that your world had to fall apart for me to reap the benefits. So thank you. Will you stick around and share some genius and fails? I would love to. Wonderful. Everybody, please also stick around and we'll be right back. My name's Doug Duguay, and I'm here to talk about my podcast in the middle of the one you're listening to. It's called Valley Heat, and it's about my neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District, the center of the world when it comes to foosball, frisbee golf, and high-speed freeway roller skating. And there's been a Jaguar parked outside on my curb for 10 months. I have no idea who owns it. I have a feeling it's related to the drug drop that was happening in my garbage can a little over a year ago. And if this has been a boring commercial, imagine 45 minutes of it. Okay, Valley Heat. It's on every month on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Check it out, but honestly, skip it. These are the These chronicles, are the chronicles of, the of the Rancho Western District, 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 Burbank, California. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206 350 9485. That's 206-350-9485. Everybody, we're back and it is genius fail time. I am going to start by sharing a genius. Yes. I this was this is definitely a listening to myself. Guys, 
I thought, <laughs> and you're going to laugh because you're going to be like, that's anxiety. And I'm like, if it wasn't, I thought I was experiencing some body messaging from my body that really made me think I was potentially having a female heart attack. And I call it the female heart attack because they put the messaging out there enough, like, how do you know you're having a stroke, right? Because the symptoms that women have are not always the same as men. So you might not feel chest pain, but you might feel the tightening. You might not, it might be jaw pain. It might be like all of these different things. I am also very perimenopausal right up to the menopausal. So I know that these are all, all the symptoms I was experiencing also could be that. But I have learned and my therapist said, you should still call a doctor. And I was like, okay, let's just make sure it's one thing and not the other. Totally. So I did. I went in. I had to miss a birthday lunch with my dad, whose birthday, but my husband was able to go on and eat all the meat with my father. And I had the EKG. I had the blood work. I had, you know, look, guys, I'm 50. Apparently, it could also be arthritis. Fucking age. Anyway, so I did not have a heart attack. That's very good. I don't feel even a little bit stupid going in. I feel great going in because now I have, you know, a new bar of where all my levels are and what it is. It's going to help us narrow down what may be going on. And I feel real good about that. So... There we go. I love that story. And I agree that is genius because that is part of that self-care, right? Hey, this is worrying me. Guess what? There's something I can do about this worry and take it off my plate. And great. I went to see my doctor recently because I had a bruise on my arm right before the tour. And I was like, (laughs) is this deep vein thrombosis? And he goes, well, no, the point is deep is that you wouldn't see it. And I was like, look, I just need you to tell me I'm not going to die in the next two weeks as far as you know, and then I can go. Okay. By this bruise. Full support. I just want to know that I'm not going to die by this bruise. What is happening here? What is happening? Oh, the bruises that like appear and the reality is you knocked something, but you just forgot. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Just. And perimenopause is, uh, yeah. wow, what an no adventure. Joke. Yeah. I'm, Thank you. Thank yeah. you. As my as my hip joints fucking feel like they're separating <laughs> and I, you know, just can constantly complain of body aches. I'm really, oh. really liking it, guys. Oh, the joys. I'm liking oh. it. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. Thank you very much. Please genius me. Okay. I've got one. So this is sort of a paradigm shift, which is (laughs) that, okay. So this came from a friend. I have some really smart friends who are very helpful. So Mm -hmm. this is from my friend, Margot, who So there was one day that I took Eli to school and we're about to drop him off. This was years ago. He was in middle school and we pull up to the school. We had other kids with us. Like we had picked people up on carpool. Yeah. He goes, I forgot my backpack. I was like, you forgot the whole backpack. The whole thing? Okay, well, we're going to go get that. And then we came back. So I was late to Margo's house and her sage wisdom. This is not the genius, but this is just the lead up to my story, which is just showing you what a delight I am to live with and why my loves it when I start any story. He's like, oh, oh, where are we going? But Margo said, sometimes we do things the hard way. And it is just like the best, most oh forgiving God. advice. So there's that. So this is just to tell you what a genius she already is. But 
Something that she said to me in the last maybe year or so that we were talking about is when you have kids that start to do activities, right? They're doing oh. sports, they're doing whatever. And, uh, you know, baseball, the day that my children quit baseball was like one of the best days of my life. I but, hope mine never yeah. start. Oh yeah. No, try, try, try your hardest. I am. I am trying Avoid to be it. very discouraging yeah. of interest down on baseball. Yeah. Oh, so, but we were talking about being at things and, you know, being present for thing and showing up for things. Cause that was something I had always sort of assumed, right? It, well, I have to show up to all these things and mm -hmm. this is part of being a good mom and whatever. And Margot said, you know, what I've noticed is that when I don't get to see something, then my kids get the joy of telling me about it. So the idea that they get to come and say, and then I did this, and then the game went like this, and it is fully their story. I do not have an experience in that. Mm. And that, that can be kind of an exciting thing because as they get older, and if you have multiple children, yeah, it's hard to make it to stuff. And sometimes things are happening, but this idea of I can still be connected to you through that experience just yeah. in a different way. And that was such a freeing piece of advice. I think about that a lot right now. And especially when I do want to skip something, then it makes it easier to not have mom easier. guilt. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that actually is genius and applies to so many different things with parenting. Like it's, it's not just that they get to share the experience, but the way I would apply that to me and my kids is for my youngest, Ellis, who's 10 and wired in all of the most beautiful of ways. When I go, I'm pretty sure that I am a, like my presence allows them to not have to push their resilience level or all of these things that I know that they're capable of because I hear about it from school, yep. that there is some freedom of them learning on their, you know, it's just the old like, oh, I'm so glad my parents, like when I was like 16 and had to take a flight for something in high school, and this is like back in the 80s, like no one's, no one's flying a lot, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. like my dad just said, okay, yeah, see, you, you know, have a good trip. And so I had to like learn how to navigate the whole system of an airport. Yep. And I was able to, yeah. it was fine. And that's such, it's such a gift of confidence. You think of all of those things. Yes, you're exactly right. You have to pull different, yeah. you have, they have to work different emotional muscles yeah. when we're not around. It's the best. And that's healthy. It's very healthy. Yes. You're very healthy. And, Good job. I mean, well, I have my moments. Okay, take the moment. That's why this is a genius segment. Yeah. Take that moment. Oh, yes, I love a genius segment. I have a genius that if I were to tell anybody else, they would go, okay, and welcome to adulthood. But I just made myself an appointment with my midwife to get some blood work done. I also just made myself a dentist appointment because it's been a while. And I have a dermatologist appointment scheduled for today, a mammogram scheduled for next week, and I saw a new psychiatrist for the first time uh, two days ago. And so I made so many <laughs> doctor's appointments for myself. I told myself this was the year of doctor's appointments, and I was going to take care of me and everything that I need to do, and I'm doing it. And no one else would care except you guys, so that's that. So thank you. You guys are doing a great job, and right now, I am too. Bye. You are doing a great job. Hell yeah. That is a, I know. That's a big deal. I think that it is. it's easy to, un I know she's underplaying that, but that's a huge 
That's a huge deal. And I would like to say that that is a huge deal. They didn't say that they even had kids. Not that you have to, to call the hotline, but I feel like it's also a high five deal for anybody in like kids or no kids. Yes. Like it, I mean, because I'm listening to her list all the appointments and I'm thinking, oh, I'm waiting for the fail call that comes after where somebody got sick, somebody went out of town, somebody got a flat tire, like whatever. God opened the heavens, reached down and, and said, <laughs> I need you to help me book an appointment for myself, right? And so all of your appointments got fucked and canceled. But for right now, in this moment, in this reality that we are in, this is like, you're doing it. You have committed. And it's so good. The dermatology one, my friends, that's the one that we don't ever think about. And that's- Yep, that's leveling up right there. That is- that's It really mm -hmm. is. That's advanced mm -hmm. appointment making. Also, I would like yeah. to shout out the fact that <laughs> I think that making appointments is one of life's most small, hellish experiences. Oh, I Because agree. you have to go back and forth on the date and they sound like yeah. they're busy. And then you're like, wait, nope, that doesn't work. Yeah. It's, it makes me sweaty every time. So high five. Yeah. Well, that's why when uh, shit happens and it gets messed up, that it's so soul crushing. Yes. Because you had to do all that. Ugh. Anyway, yes. you're doing an amazing job. And that I, I, we are all standing and applauding and seeing. Indeed. Fail <laughs> failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Here we go. So it's going to start off sounding like a genius. We had to postpone a little birthday celebration for myself for my 50th birthday because my teen got sick. Uh, so we had rented out a little theater. I had made a decision that I wanted to actually do something for my birthday, which is genius enough. And we were going to rent out this little tiny theater that has like this little tiny room. And we were going to play Little Shop of Horrors. And we were just going to invite a small group of friends that I haven't seen. We weren't even going to open it up to kids. Each friend, each kid could pick a friend to come. And then, so I wasn't like limited only to friends from school mm -hmm. for myself, right? We do it. We have to postpone it. We're all good. Uh, this past weekend was when we got to have it. And everybody's so excited. We're there. We're having fun. We've already announced you can sing along. We're watching Little Shop of Horrors. We're singing. It's great. It's so good. And then, like, towards the end, like, like there's a scene I've never seen before. And I'm like, what is this? Why is... Why are we out in this alley? Why is Audrey saying she's dying and that she should be given to the plant so she can be with Seymour forever because he'll have the plant? And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And I'm like turning around like to <laughs> Stefan, who's behind me. I'm like, what is it? He's like, I don't know. Ellis, who uh, is so excited about watching the movie, he's been singing along with it. He loves the movie. He also is beginning to, you can actually hear him saying, what? <laughs> What is this? And I'm like, oh my God, we're going to, this could, we could have an emotional eruption any minute, right? Like this is the kind of thing that could easily set Ellis's like, like rhythm off. And I'm like, I don't know. He keeps getting up. What's going on? I said, I honest to God, don't know, Ellis, what is happening. More scenes are coming. He's putting Audrey into the plant's mouth. Audrey's now dead, right? Like there, uh, uh, now Seymour is dead. He is eaten by the plant. This is the worst thing I've ever, and then the plants, 
have grown to like everybody's bought the plants there's plant clippings everywhere so now every home in the world has a plant they start killing everybody the plants are destroying like godzilla through that yet your face yeah is the face that my ellis has gotten up six times what's going on at one point a dog was running through the scene and I kept thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, do not eat the dog. We will lose our shit in this movie. And so it ends. And, and by the way, the rampaging Godzilla plants, it goes on for a really long time. Oh and I, the movie ends and like everybody, everybody is like, what? It is as if we have all been punched in the gut. It is very memorable. What has happened is Stefan did not declare, A, he didn't know what the director's cut meant. None of us did of the movie that we brought. And two, he didn't think to specify play the movie version. This was like some Frank Oz, like homage to the plant, the musical, the plant wins. But like Frank Oz really takes it to the next level at the end of this movie. Uh, that everybody in the world found depressing, which is why none of us had ever seen that ending. And uh, like we we made it, but it was such a like weird fail in terms of all of us just like walking away kind of dazed, right? Like it wasn't the party, wasn't the party I was expecting. It was the party I got, and that's okay. And I'm sure somehow symbolizes what the second half of my century will be like in terms of expectation. But there you go. There you go. It was interesting. Also, we only served punch and like garbage chips and candy. So like we all left feeling okay. (laughs) (laughs) We were feeling mid by the time we we lived. Yeah. Whole thing was like an emotional and physical mid experience. Just like I am in midlife. Anyway. That's amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. That's yeah. That's one of those where you're like, huh, I guess this huh. is I guess this is how this is going down. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's this is what we're yeah, doing. We're in the middle of it. We're just gonna <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Not sure how it's a fail, but it felt like a real fail on some level. So everybody can interpret on their own how it's a fail. I'm sure you all have ideas. Now then, Julie, please fail me. Mine is going to be just a classic, basic fail. Love it. Which I do pretty regularly because uh, (laughs) I'm sort of a dumb, smart person. Like, Mm. I am intelligent. I'm not saying, but I just sometimes, even I am like, wow, how'd you manage that? So. This one had a happy ending. Thankfully, could have been a lot worse. But um, oh, yeah. we went on vacation. We go to visit my folks in South Carolina every year. And mm-hmm. so we go to South Carolina. We'd been there about maybe four days. And I was getting something out of my backpack. And when I go on trips, I am like kind of a slob, right? I wasn't for yeah. my tour because I had to move a hotel every day. But if yeah. I'm going to be somewhere for a while. And when I go to my parents' <laughs> house, like, there's crap everywhere. And I don't make the bed. And I'm just living my best life. And so, cause we're kind of, you know, uptight the rest of the year. So I find myself just really letting loose. So we're down there and I'm getting something out of my backpack. And I thought, where are my car keys? Cause I know oh. I brought them. Huh. We driven to the airport, Mondo drove us, but I know I had yeah. my keys with me and I was yeah. like, huh? Well, huh. oh, and we had had a, f- one of the cars had a flat tire. So we switched cars at the last minute. We go to the, huh. okay, so here we are. And I had a moment, and I feel like this is, there's a, a genius in here where 
there, I had been married for long enough that I was like, you know what? I'm not going to tell anyone about this because ah. if I say <laughs> anything to Mondo, we have four more days here and what's done is done. So the keys are wherever they are in this universe. And I just need to keep that to myself. And so we go home. Thankfully, he has keys. We land late at night. We walk up to the car and I go up to the passenger side. And what's sitting on the, the seat? My oh, keys. Yeah. They were oh, in, in the car. The car the whole time. Right there. And I went Amazing. I took a picture of them because I was just taking it. Cause by that point I had told my sister. I was like, Hey, I can't find my keys, but I'm not telling anybody. And she goes, That's a good yeah. idea. And I said, I know. So I take this picture and I'm sending it to her and one of my children loud mouth walks around to the side and he's like what are you doing and i said nothing and he goes are those your keys and i was like uh -uh. i'm gonna tell your dad <laughs> so it was uh it was classic that one is second so yeah, that's a they great were one on the seat for a week so i would just like yeah. to thank someone for not stealing my car from stealing Oakland airport i'm just yeah shout no, out i to think those people yeah shout out to everybody who walked by <laughs> saw the keys and thought that's right i should steal this yes yeah i've left mine in the door oh perfect yes and left yeah yeah and don't you feel like you used to be like haha you left your keys in the freezer i'm like well that's not really funny anymore because that is a hundred percent something i would do yeah like yeah no none of it no. it's, it's not funny mm -mm. it's one of those things where you do it and you go god if anybody saw this hundred percent they would think i needed like like they would be like red flag red flag <laughs> Red flag. Totally. Uh, we're gonna need you to go to the funny farm, friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. True. Yeah, true. you're broken. Um, yeah, I don't need anybody to tell me. I can see it. Yes, I can see it in the car where the keys are. Well, you're doing a horrible job. Look at that. I mean, yeah. what are you gonna yeah. do? We can't yeah. be good at everything. No, right? no. But the things that we're not good at, the internet wants to publicly shame. It's so, so true. you know. Let's just 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 sit in just it. Just hang in there. Yeah. Hey, Biz and Teresa. This is a fail. Okay. I have a one-year-old whose crib is in my room. We have a small house. I have a four-year-old who basically always ends up in my bed. And so then in the morning, you have to play this game of like, if one wakes up early, then you have to try to keep the other one asleep, but get the other one like out of the room before they wake up the other one. And this morning, the baby woke up at 5 a.m., which was way too early for the four-year-old. And so then I'm, like, trying to get my husband to wake up because the four-year-old's, like, on top of me. I'm trying to get my husband to wake up and get the baby. And in the process, we just everyone was just awake at 5 a.m. And then I had talked to my four-year-old before bed, and he wanted to make pancakes for dinner. And I was like, eh, we can't do that. So maybe in the morning... So then I was like, well, we're awake at 5 a.m., so, like, let's just make pancakes, right? <laughs> it was so grumpy and couldn't shake it, so I'm, like, grumpily making pancakes. And then the one-year-old's cranky because guess what? He was up too early, so then he wanted to nurse. So then I'm, like, one-handed making pancakes, grumpy, with a grumpy baby and, like, an almost grumpy four-year-old, you know, where he's, like, on the edge and you just can see that it's going to happen. And, like, why? Just why? The whole thing. It's 7.40 and I'm leaving for work. Like, why did we do any of that? Like, I could have just put Cheerios in a bowl 
and gone back to bed. I mean, I couldn't have, but like in a dream world, right? And instead, I thought I would make the shit cake. Like, it was a fail all around, and I had to apologize to many people this morning. So don't try to make pancakes on a Wednesday morning when you're tired, cranky. That's a fail. Anyway, thanks for the hotline. You guys are doing a great job. I really appreciate the show. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, like if if this was like a wait, wait, don't tell me game show thing, and we'd started the beginning of the fail, and then we'd stopped, and we said, okay, what do you think is coming next, right? I don't think I would have gone with pancakes right away. I thought this was going to be like a sleep, you know, like I let kids get in my house fail, right? And like, you know, which is fair. And there is a beauty to the dance of the bed of the trying to wake up the partner while not waking up the child that's on you while how am I saying and if you have pets there's also that but that this rolled into you are correct the fail is that your child asked for pancakes Tuesday night and your solution was to say let's do it tomorrow morning yeah you know you really you really got to be careful what you commit future you to it is yeah future you will really be pissed later oh. because future you is always like why why did you why? say this why did you say yes but i can just see it cute cute yeah. little four-year-old cherub yeah. is like mommy can we have pancakes and i, I bet trace right see, into that trap too that's not the vision of how i think it went down my vision my <laughs> you think vision it was more of a hostage crisis situation a meltdown <laughs> imminently coming with pancakes for dinner and like there's chaos and like somebody's mm. running around like with matches Ooh. and uh, yeah oh yeah and you're like oh my god i need everything to just stop and move on to the next moment Five hundred pancakes for the morning, mm. right? And like you barely even said the words. You're like, rah, rah. and then you got through that moment, but then you woke up. Yes. It was like a future trap that you set for yourself. Mm. I've been hauling around some like kale that, like on Friday, I was like, I'm gonna make this like kale and white bean toast because it's fucking easy to make. <laughs> but I mean, really, it's easy. It requires no time except like a pan. And it's so dumb. And yet, we, oh, we've had to push it off now. And Stefan today, it's Monday, says, so we're just going to do the kale thing tonight, right? And I was like, yes. But in my mind, I am literally saying future self knows they no longer want to make this. Correct. That is over. But I have committed it. Mm-hmm. I have. And the multiple things. So anyway, I just, I, that is all to say, I see you. And you're doing a terrible, terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so true yeah. though right it is. i mean just yeah. the things like, you commit to said that? i just it's yeah. it is it's just so and no one will hold your feet to the fire like a child the, yeah. no, I know. the words you said but you said yeah. and then you're but like then ah. like see but we gotta have a whole separate conversation yeah. about like just being like like will this child for the rest of, is this the moment right. that puts my kid in therapy when I say, we're not having pancakes? I said that to you last night. I'm a liar. I'm a liar. Here's a dollar. Here's Because in my house, I just am like this. Here's a dollar. 
can we like not have pancakes if I give you 50 cents? Right? Like, and most of the time, the answer is yes. Absolutely. They will gladly take 50 cents or a dollar. Right? Yes. Anyway. Anyway, that's it. Life lessons. Basically, stop trying. <laughs> that, let's just all settle under that. Julie, I appreciate that you stopped trying on some level in real life and that it, it worked out. And I, I appreciate the honesty with which you approached this memoir and the fact that you were willing to share your story because... It is a familiar story, and I encourage everyone to go out, you know me, get a copy for you, get a copy for the library, do it, do it, do it, and separately, thank you for being a school librarian. Thank you for being a librarian. I love librarians so much, and like a school library is a gift when a school can have it. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to know that I appreciate that work as well. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it is my privilege. It's a really special job and it's a fun gig to have in an elementary school with a bunch of crazy small people in it. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. Hello, sleepyheads. Sleeping with Celebrities is your podcast pillow pal. We talk to remarkable people about unremarkable topics, all to help you slow down your brain and drift off to sleep. For instance, we have the remarkable Neil Gaiman. I'd always had a vague interest in live culture, food preparation. Sleeping with Celebrities, hosted by me, John Moe, on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Night-night. All right, everybody. Let's settle in and listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, this is a um, a rant or breakdown, um, one of those. Probably a breakdown, if I'm going to be really honest. Um, one of the reasons I call is just sometimes to hear that I'm doing a good job because I don't feel like I am. I feel like I am too tired to function, that I, I'm floating in it all the time. And even with lowering the bar, it's still just so tired all the time. And I'm, I'm settling in, settling into a new job, a new career for about six months. And I love it, but it's, it's tiring. And then I work long days, which is tiring. And then I have to drive an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening, which is really, really wearing on me. And just. My soul is tired anymore, and I don't know how to shift things around to get the rest that I need. I don't know if I have enough hours of the day to get the rest that I need. And um, it's just a season of life I'm hoping it'll even out.
But right now, I'm just, I'm too tired to see past it. And it's hard. There's a lot of other things that are just seem to be piling up because I don't have the energy to do them. Because I just, I want to believe that I'm doing a good job, but I do not think it's true right now. But you guys are doing a great job. We are giving us the show and telling us that we are doing at least acceptable every week. And uh, lowering the bar is okay. So thank you for that. It's very important and it's needed. So keep doing your good job. Thank you. All right. Let's all take a moment and just grab you by the shoulders, look you in the eye and say, you are right. You are right. It is too much. You are tired. It is wearing on you. You do not have the bandwidth to make adjustments. And most important, you are doing a good job. I see you. You're right. Everything you just said, 100%. And I, I cannot, I honestly, when I pulled this rant, I was not thinking about the show that we just had. This guest is actually a perfect parallel to run with your rant because you're not alone. And I, I, I did want to respond to this call with all the advice in the world. And I know that there isn't any, right? This is, you are, you are tired. You are out of bandwidth. You are just at the end. You are literally walking through it. And I am so thankful that I got to hear, that I got to talk with Julie. And I come back to that, check in with yourself. And this idea of making the list, these actions that we can maybe take when we have the space to take them. Because right now, you are in a space of just trying to get through it. And I I see you. I really see you. We all really see you. And I I just want to emphasize again that you are really doing a remarkable job. Really. And you're not alone. Everybody, you are all doing a remarkable job. I, I really needed to talk with Julie today. And I think it's such a good reminder that we have to stop looking at the, the sound clips of what self-care is or the social media, you know, images of what self-care is and me time and mom time and signs on the wall time to remind me that it's time. Like all, I really like this simple act of just checking it. How am I? Like I wake up in the morning. How am I? I'm sore. All my muscles hurt. Okay. So Next step's not sure, but gonna, gonna keep checking in. And it's not about the spa day or the hotel weekend or, I mean, those things are fucking awesome. Do not get me wrong. But it's, it's about finding a way to create a, a routine or, or just a, 
a habit of checking in and making sure that we are hearing our own voice. And I I really appreciate the permission, the forgiveness of not necessarily putting our name or our voice at the top of the list, just making sure it's on the list. We all deserve to be on the list. This is hard. It's tiring. It's also joyous. And as soon as we get it out of our head that one cancels out the other and instead just accept that it's both, I think the more we will begin to have space for ourselves in other ways and each other and each other. Everybody, you're all doing a really good job. Let's go out and see ourselves and see each other and lower that bar a little more. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, my husband, Stephen Lawrence, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things. And of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. Are you?